Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And good afternoon. It's great to be here today. I'm so glad you could join me. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman, right? Well, first up today, a little bit I bet you didn't know about women. According to the Center for Women's Business Research, nearly 10.4 million firms are owned by women. That's 50% or more, employing more than 12.8 million people. So nearly 13 million people are employed by women firms and generating nearly $2 trillion in sales. Now, if that's not power, people, I don't know what is. That's a lot of money out there. And in fact, uh, women-owned firms are continuing to grow. They're growing at a rate of more than two times of all firms. So, um, you know, not only are we out there in major numbers, owning our own firms, employing a heck of a lot of people and making a lot of money, we're actually growing pretty aggressively. And in fact, when it comes to women-owned firms, 41% of all privately held firms are owned by women. So that's a large number as well. Now, um, when we talk about women, we're not just talking about, you know, a blanket of women. There's lots of different uh, types of women out there, as we all know. And when it comes to women of color, this is a particular area of huge growth in women-owned businesses. In fact, um, 2.4 million firms are owned by women of color, uh, at least 50% or more ownership by women of color. And so this is continuing to grow and grow and grow. And, in fact, when it comes to uh, remaining in business, Asian women firms, for some reason, seems to be surviving um, at a greater rate. So I find that incredibly interesting, and we're going to find out why that is hopefully today. Um, and when it comes to women, we're really involved. We all know we have little power issues every once in a while, and we want to make sure we control um, all aspects of our lives. And when it comes to our own companies, we're no different. In fact, we're personally involved in selecting and purchasing technology for our businesses. So we have to be informed about everything, every little aspect of our business. We want to be involved Um, even those areas that may not be traditional female areas. So I found the statistics really fascinating today. And based on my guest, um, we're going to be talking to her a little bit. I'll tell you who she is in just a minute. But she's going to have a whole heck of a lot more to share on this topic of women-owned businesses. But first, our purse profile today is the Gucci girl. Now, I love the Gucci girl. The Gucci girl is a fun girl. She's in her late 20s, early 30s. She has a higher income. Uh, She's working full-time. She doesn't have children. And who knows? She may be owning her own firm out there. She may be part of those uh, numbers of women who have her own agency, their own firm. Um, There's nearly 2 million of these 
these women out there. They do keep up with fashion. Um, they're looking to seek change and variety in their style. They love getting out and just enjoying the arts and shopping. They want to make a statement. Uh, they're really into their career. They want to get to the very top of their career. They would like to set up their own business as a key um, attitudinal uh, distinguishing point with this group. They, it's important that their family thinks that they're doing well, and they're even willing to give up time with their family to advance in their career. They feel like money is the best measure of success. So keeping that in mind, um, when it comes to shopping, they're at Nordstrom's, Neiman Marcus, Ann Taylor, Ralph Lauren. Um, they're driving Infinities, Mercedes, Nissan, and Cadillac. Uh, when it comes to cosmetics, they're all over the map here. They may be uh, purchasing Dove or Olay or Avon, but they could also be on the other end of the spectrum with a little higher-end, uh, more costly cosmetic like Chanel um, or Clinique. And when it comes to designers, they're wearing guests, Calvin Klein, Kenneth Cole, and Gucci. Now, when it comes to interacting with this woman, um, she's looking at magazines and newspapers that provide news, but also entertainment, and some self-improvement. So Allure, Shape, Self, In Style, The New Yorker are all hot titles for this woman. Uh, VH1, MTV, TBS, Lifetime, Bravo are big. Uh, they're watching Entertainment Tonight, Desperate Housewives, Grey's Anatomy, um, Sex in the City reruns. I bet they'll be um, watching for that movie coming out here in a few weeks. And on websites, MySpace, Travelocity, iVillage, eBay, USA Today. Um, they're even uh, trying to date here on eHarmony.com. So some insight there on the Gucci girl. Again, this is a woman, nearly $2 million of them with some money to spend, uh, money being a driving point for them, success uh, equating to how much money they make, also many of them seeking to start their own businesses. And when it comes to women starting their own businesses and having their own firms, uh, my guest for this program today is the expert, Dr. Sharon Hadari. She's the Executive Director of the Center for Women's Business Research. And we're going to be talking about the latest data when it comes to women-owned businesses, how women and men uh, business owners actually differ a little bit in their management styles, and the things that you need to know to make sure that you're marketing to the woman entrepreneur the right way, because there's going to be a right way and there's definitely going to be some wrong ways, and Dr. Hadari is going to share that with us today. So stick around. We've got more purse strings on the way after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Need help improving your PPC campaigns? Tired of spending all your time swamped with spreadsheets and manual updates? Turn to Adapt SEM software to optimize your campaigns and to reach your goals. Adapt SEM is one of the most affordable and reliable tools on the market for improving PPC campaigns. Adapt SEM not only optimizes your bids, but also gives you keyword suggestions, competitive research, and helps to test ads all in one place at flat rate pricing and no long-term commitments. Learn how Adapt SEM can help manage your PPC campaigns better. Check out our free webinar at adapt.com slash webmaster radio. Sign up now for a free personal tour. Adapt.com slash webmaster radio. 
Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the Go Currency Converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah. GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this out. Listen up, elves. We got one. $34 US. I need that in euros. Now, people. We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. More than a name. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life tips. Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the entertainment channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Watch out for the vampires. Enter the communications coven that is webmasterradio.fm. Now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Visit the webmasterradio.fm homepage for all the details. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And welcome back. I'm so glad you could join me today. And I am thrilled today to have Dr. Sharon Hadari with me. She's the Executive Director of the Center for Women's Business Research. And Sharon, I have been gathering great data from the Center for Women's Business Research for years. And it seems like anytime I want to go try to find some data, it's always your organization that's quoted. You're definitely the best source for what's really going out there in the world of female entrepreneurs. So thank you so much for being on the program today. Well, Maria, it's my pleasure. And, you know, uh, I know that your first question is going to be to ask me to talk a little bit about the center, but I think you just gave the tribute that I need as the lead into that. Because <laughs> we, be- we believe, in fact, the Center for Women's Business Research is the premier, and we suspect the only nonprofit research institute in the world that is devoted exclusively to studying women business owners and their enterprises. And we take pride in providing the data-driven knowledge, and I think that's a really important differentiator. All of our knowledge is driven by hard data, the data-driven knowledge that advances the economic, social, and political impact of women business owners and their enterprises. So we thank you so much for uh, the affirmation. Well, I tell you, it's true. Every time I'm doing research for a client or I need some information directly involving uh, female entrepreneurs, you are the first source, that is for sure. And you've been around for a while, haven't you, Sharon? Yes. In fact, uh, we're going into our uh, second decade. We've been around for close to 20 years. uh, And we started out in the very early days, people weren't even aware of women business owners as being serious, viable businesses. 
And so from the start, having the hard data that said here, the kind of statistics you gave in the beginning of your program, you know, here's how many women-owned businesses there are, their growth rates, the kinds of industries they're in, it brought a credibility and a recognition to this economic force that has only continued to accelerate and be meaningful. Well, and true, and with the research and the fact that you do research um, almost annually, I believe, and you're able to benchmark the progress over the last 20-some years, we know women entrepreneurs have come a long way. But really, I mean, would you say the last three to five years have been explosive growth, or how would you describe our, our kind of our success rate and our growth pattern over the last several years? Well, you know, uh, it, it's been an ongoing continuing momentum for uh, for almost two decades now we've seen that women-owned businesses are growing at twice the rate of all businesses and mm-hmm. you know, every time you kept thinking well maybe it was because you were on a smaller base so that the next time you did the measurements uh, you wouldn't see the same kind of growth but it has continued uh, at the same rate Twice, uh, women are starting businesses at twice the rate of all businesses. But I think what's also really exciting is that we're seeing that women-owned businesses are moving into all industries, with some of the fastest-growing industries being areas you might not think of, like engineering, manufacturing, wholesale distribution. Uh, uh, so we're, we're seeing that they are in all industries. And more and more, we're seeing that women-owned businesses are surpassing the million-dollar mark. Yeah, and that's really key, isn't it, Sharon? Uh, getting to that million-dollar mark obviously takes quite a bit of, of effort, and we women are busy people. You know, we've got other things going on, and I would imagine that getting to that million-dollar mark is challenging for most women-owned businesses. Am I right? Well, I, it is, but more and more we've got the role models to take a look at and see what they've done uh, to get to that level. Now, let me point out that about 3% of women-owned businesses are over a million. But you know what? It's only 6% of men-owned businesses. Mm. So more and more the profile of women-owned businesses is beginning to look in terms of size, length of time in business, uh, is beginning to look uh, like all businesses. Gotcha. What do you what do you think pushes women over that million dollar mark? I mean, what what really makes their businesses different in, in order to get them to achieve more than a million dollars? Well, we've done some research on that, and in fact, we have a new research project that will be coming out uh, in late May, calling called Peak Performance, where we've actually drilled down with women who have businesses substantially over. A million dollars. But the research that we've already done and released, well, we saw a couple of things. First of all, we saw that the women who have the faster growing larger businesses are more likely to embrace financial measurements as a management tool for running their business. Mm -hmm. They are more likely to be marketing to corporations and to uh, government entities. Uh, and less likely to be uh, focusing on consumer businesses. As a result, they're about two-thirds more likely than uh, the women who have the smaller businesses to be WBE certified. And they market beyond their immediate area. So uh, they're not just focused on a, uh, a, a metro area, but they market regionally, they market nationally, and for many of them, uh, internationally. So those are some of the things that we see. I think the most important thing, though, uh, is that these women are eternally 
curious. They're always learning. They're always, whether they're reading or taking courses or whatever, they, uh, they focus on making sure that they are educated about business management. Mm-hmm. So they're continually growing, and and I would assume too that they they have people around them that help support them. I mean, you talked a little bit, just touched on it briefly about mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, used to there weren't many women in business mentors, and I would imagine that there there are more and more of them, and especially over that million dollar mark, and that probably helps too. Oh yes, well having the role models having the mentors, and, of course, we now have organizations like the Women Presidents Organization that's specifically for businesses with $2 million or more in revenues. So uh, this is an organization where women who have businesses that are of similar size and who are interested in growing their businesses come together for coaching and for sharing uh, experiences and ideas. Yeah. Now we talk, we've talked a little bit about some really positive trends. You know, the the rate of growth of women entrepreneurs, the the numbers that continue to grow of of women-owned businesses over a million, more mentors expanding into non-traditional areas. But I have to imagine there are some things that aren't changing too much, or maybe maybe aren't so great. Can you talk a little bit about some of the challenges that that female-owned businesses face these days? Well, the, to me, the the most serious challenge is that. Even when we control for revenue, looking at businesses over a million dollars, when we compare women and men business owners, we still see that women are less likely to use or plan to use either credit or equity. And, you know, if you really are going to grow a business, you do have to bring in outside capital. You have to know how to smooth out those uh, tough times for cash flow with a line of credit. Uh, you need to be looking at whether your company is suitable uh, for equity. So to me, uh, I think the, the biggest challenge that we have not overcome, and, and I think it's a combination, it's not just gaining access to capital, but it's also women understanding how to use the different financial products and services uh, that are available. And in fact, we uh, just recently, about a year ago, we put out a guide called um, Financing Business Growth, and the intent of that guide was to say, what did we learn from the thousands of women who responded to our surveys over the years? What did we learn about what you, uh, about financing business growth? Because, you know, it turns out it's not just about getting the capital. It's about how do you set your business up to use that capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you, it, nothing is more dangerous than a huge infusion of capital if you haven't got a very specific plan for what you're going to do with it and how it's going to help you grow the business. So uh, we were very um, interested to see that I would say about uh, 30% of what we wrote about in that guide was not about how do you go to the bank and get money, but how do you prepare your business to be able to use money once you get it. You know, I wonder why women aren't as prepared to um, to really figure that out. I I was reading some statistics the other day about women in graduate school. I mean, we all know now that women outpace men when it comes to getting college degrees and graduate degrees, and even there are more women in medical school and there are more women in law. But when it comes to getting their MBA, there are fewer women in business schools. And I, I have to wonder if there's a correlation between fewer, you know, we're not churning out as many women with MBAs. Do you think that they have the knowledge that they need when they start their businesses? Is that well, the challenge? Well, yeah, I'm not sure if it's knowledge or if it is the goal. 
one of the things that was very interesting in some of our research is we found that the only thing that would consistently predict whether or not a woman would get capital and expand her business was not the size of the business, not the length of time in business, not the industry. The only consistent predictor was her goal for growth. Hmm. And what we have seen uh, and what we hear anecdotally is that so often uh, women start their business and they don't have the vision. They don't, uh, they don't have the goal to grow the business as large as possible, to create employment, to generate both business wealth and personal wealth. And so in many cases, I think it's about having the goal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you think that when it comes to the differences between women and men-owned businesses, that men are, are more successful because they start maybe with the goal in mind? Do you think that's the difference? Well, I don't think that men are more successful. I think, you know, clearly uh, women are uh, moving into the same levels of uh, success as measured by revenues and employment, and, and they're, they're doing it, uh, it uh, in a very measured way. Uh, so it's not that men are so much more successful, but I do think uh, that uh, men, uh, first of all, do often start out, and the expectation when a man starts a business, is that he's looking to grow a large business. The expectation when a woman starts a business often is, oh, isn't that cute? She's doing something while she's waiting to have children, or she's doing something now because she has to be at home with the children. So I think that as a society, some of our old stereotypes are still there. And if we don't, and so one of the important things is encouraging women to think big and grow the business. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to um, female and male business owners and their management styles, I know your organization has done some research, and you're founding that when it even comes to how they manage their people, they're different, though. Yes, we, we do see. And what, by the way, one of the things I think is really great about women's entrepreneurship now is that more and more both the women as well as their, their coaches and mentors are affirming the fact that women, in fact, do lead differently. And it's not that one style uh, is, uh, leads to greater success. It's just that there are different styles of leadership. And we find that for women, it is more important than it is for men uh, to develop relationships. Values are more important to them. Uh, on the other hand, they also want the facts and they want the information and the logic. So uh, in terms of Getting the information to run the business, they still want the information, but they want to. Uh, uh, they are more consultative. They're more likely to um, go out, and uh, we have hard data about how, what does it take to. You know, how do you get the information you need to run the business? And mm-hmm. every time we ask it, uh, the women are more likely to consult with others and with a greater variety of others, with uh, outside accountants and experts. Uh, with people within the company, with customers, with clients, with fellow uh, business owners. So it's interesting that, in fact, women are more consultative. So given their preference, a woman will probably take longer to make a decision, if, you know, if there's the time. Uh, mm-hmm. But they've, they've really done their homework. And the other thing is that women are intensely loyal. So if uh, you're a salesperson uh, trying to get them to buy into a product or a service, um, it may take them a little while longer to make the uh, decision, but once they make the decision, they're really bought in. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of hard data, I know you have some research that's going to be unveiled here shortly, but we've got to take a break, so we're going to do that first. And when we come back, Dr. Sharon Hadari is going to talk a little bit about an opportunity for you listeners out there to get involved and learn more about female entrepreneurs. It's a great opportunity. Um, We're going to talk more about it when Purse Strings comes back. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, Here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by, whether you're sitting in a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. Uh, Hello. Uh, Welcome to our website. Website traffic isn't about paying for clicks. Okay, so I guess we're going to wait until everyone shows up and then we'll... uh, um... It's about having the right content. So while you're searching for more traffic, the folks at InfoSearch Media are creating the content people are searching for. With InfoSearch Media, you can get more traffic for less money than PPC. So the next time you need to speak to your customers... Welcome to our website. They're already searching for you. Info Search Media. Get content that really clicks. Welcome back to our coverage of the 17th Annual Golf Invitational. Brought to you by SureHits.com. When looking for the right ad network, there seem to be unlimited choices. Go with the only network that targets the insurance industry. SureHits.com. Let's head down to the fairway. Here we are at the 18th hole. Odd choice for Ken Mitchum to not go with SureHits.com here. I mean, they are the only ad network that targets the insurance industry. Definitely a strange choice to not pick the best option for publishers in the finest category, but... Oh, here's a swing. Oh, look out, folks. Terrible slice into the woods. Jeff Burns now stepping up to the fairway. And it looks like he's already chosen SureHits.com. Clearly the best choice since they pay more for quality traffic. And the swing. Oh, my. He crushes it. When getting ready to make your drive, go with a sure thing. SureHits.com. For insurance, it's SureHits. Market Edge with Larry Weber. The future of social media and marketing, communications and technology with Christopher Barger. The social media space is not about the technologies of social media. It's not about the fact that blogs exist or that podcasting or being able to upload videos. You have to earn credibility in this space just like everybody else. Market Edge with Larry Weber, Tuesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and on demand after the show inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm is now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Get out your spray paint and put your graffiti on our wall. Get all the details on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I'm joined today by Dr. Sharon Hadari, the Executive Director of the Center for Women's Business Research. And we've been spending the last, oh, I'd say 10 or 15 minutes or so talking about the huge numbers of women entrepreneurs out there and how there's just more and more and more of us starting our own businesses and what's making us successful, getting us over that million-dollar mark, and then some of the things that may be limiting us. But um, 
Sharon, I know we've been talking a little bit, too, about all the great research that the Center for Women's Business Research churns out year after year after year. And this year is certainly not alone. I mean, you've got some great new research coming out very shortly. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. On May 6th and 7th, we're going to be announcing the results of a multi-year study looking at the issues that confront women of color who are business owners. What we saw several years ago was that while women of color, and I use that term to include African-American, Asian, Latina, and other ethnicities, uh, while women of color uh, are, were starting businesses at three to five times the rate of all businesses, their businesses weren't achieving the same level of success as measured by revenues and employment. So we set out to find out why, and for a year and a half, we had uh, one-day forums around the country with women of color to discuss the issues and talk about strategies for solving those issues. And on May 6th and 7th, here in Washington, D.C., at the Omni Shoreham, we are going to have a two-day symposium to share the results, to involve our audience in discussing the results and what it means for them, uh, and to talk about what the implications are for action at all levels, for women business owners, for corporations, for policymakers, for educators, for the media. So everyone has a, uh, a role in, uh, in this symposium. So we'd love to have all of your listeners and you join us. You can go to www.womensbusinessresearch. Just what we do, it sounds long, but it's easy to remember. www womensbusinessresearch.org, and on our homepage you'll see uh, a banner for the National Symposium. You can click on it. You can see who the speakers are going to be. Uh, you can see the agenda, and, of course, you can register. So we'd love to welcome all of you to this really first-of-a-kind event. As far as we know, nobody has really studied uh, women who are also uh, you know, who deal with the issues of being a woman and being a, a person of color uh, as they uh, are in business. And, you know, it's a unique time in our country to be talking about the intersection of gender and race and entrepreneurship. Look what's Isn't happening it? on the politics. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's a hot topic. You, you probably, at the time you were doing this research, you had no idea how timely this was going to be, did you? <laughs> I did. You know, I, I keep telling people that I wish I could tell them that I was clairvoyant because think of all the things I could now uh, you know, prognosticate about. Uh, but I think part of it is, in fact, uh, there is a social... I wish you could see me. I'm using my hands. There's a, uh, there's a social momentum where we are more and more feeling not only free but compelled to talk about some of these issues that for so long we have either closed our eyes to or been afraid to talk about. That's absolutely right, or hasn't been considered politically correct to talk about, and now more than ever it is, and we're demanding to have those discussions, which at the end of the day is only going to benefit women, and especially relevant with the women of color discussion and the research results you're going to be unveiling May 6th and 7th. Uh, Before we leave, we've only got just a minute or two, but you, you talked a little bit about in the last block about kind of how um, people sh- 
should expect to interact with a women business owner about, you know, decision-making, taking a little more time, being more consultative, that type of thing. Are there other key things that you want to make sure the listener today, if they're really considering how do I market to the women business owner, what's going to make it successful? How do I need to relate to this woman to really capture her attention and her loyalty? What would be your top five list? My top list would be, first of all, that your company has to reflect the population with women and women of color in all decision-making, in decision-making positions and throughout the organization. Secondly, I would say you have to build relationships, and that's really important. It's important to men, but it's way more important to women. But you also have to bring the facts. We talked about being prepared for a longer decision-making style. Uh, we also, the other thing that we see that is much more important to women than it is to men is delivering on the promise. If you've marketed to them in a certain way, if you have promised them certain things uh, in terms of after-sales service and support, that is way more important to women than it is to men. And finally, if you want women to buy from you, you need to buy from them. Isn't that the truth? Put your money where your mouth is, right? <laughs> right. Well, Sharon, you've just been a pleasure to have on today. You've shared so much insightful information about the growth of this very, very important business owner and what we can do to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and help in her success as well. Because with her success, we're all going to be more successful, especially considering the rate of growth for the female entrepreneur. Absolutely. And, Maria, we look forward to seeing you at our symposium on May 6th and 7th in Washington, D.C. Thank you so much for the personal invitation. I appreciate that so much. And for everyone out there, as a reminder, there's still maybe a few seats left, but, uh, you, you know, you can always show up there in Washington, D.C. at the National Symposium, May 6th and 7th. Um, log on to the website, check it out, sign up. It's going to be very valuable use of your time, I can guarantee it. So thank you so much. And thank you to George, my producer, for another great show. And next week, I'm going to be joined by Leslie Prevish. She's the Women's Outreach Manager for Harley-Davidson Motorcycles. I'm sure you've heard of them. She oversees the Women's Outreach Initiatives for that iconic motorcycle company. She's responsible for developing and managing the company's strategies for that incredibly important segment. So join me next week for Insight onto Harley-Davidson, 3 o'clock Eastern Time on Purse Strings. Until then, make it a great one. 